0: hey everybody
1: oh hey
0: oh hey my name is april lovett
1: and my name is daryl lovett
0: we've been together for five years and we have a three-year-old sweet and sassy little girl an adorable and smiley baby boy and our fur child our dog laney
1: that's right we also work our nine-to-five jobs together we teach together and we co-own the lovett company
0: right we do so much together and we wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for living out our 24 7 relationship
1: oh yes a relationship that is all day every day
0: plus we want to share with you how we manage to run our side business alongside full-time jobs and still find time for kids chores and fun so in this podcast the success in black and white podcast we'll be talking about working towards success overcoming failures and just living our everyday lives
1: so get ready get ready get ready We're going to be bringing to you real talk concepts every week as we share some of our stories, best practices, as well as talk to guests about how they have found success by doing extraordinary things in their everyday lives.
0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Success in Black and White, the podcast.
1: Welcome back. We are here doing another episode for you.
0: Yes, I'm excited about this one. Um, This is part of our School of Leadership series, part two. Last week, we talked about the types of leaders and really got you thinking about what type of leader are you. And now that we went through that, we're going to be going into another couple episodes about leading down, leading across, and leading up, and how to do those effectively.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: I'm super excited about this topic, mainly because, I mean, I've been there. I've been a leader that's leading down. I still am. I'm still a leader leading down, leading across, and leading up, but... Um, This man sitting next to me is very good at all of these things and I really truly value the perspective and the philosophies that he brings to this topic just because you have a lot of experience in a lot of different areas of your life in doing this.
1: Wow, I'm glad you value it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a lot of people do. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, but first, we can get into some life updates.
1: All right. What you got?
0: Uh, so, I've got two. The first one is D-Man, if you guys are following along with us. Yeah. D-Man, a.k.a. Devon, a.k.a. Vaughn, a.k.a. are now 11-month-old. Yes. Has eight teeth. Eight. 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 At 11 months. Yeah. Adriana, who's our four, almost four-year-old, had two teeth when she when turned she was one, one. <laughs> yeah
1: she had two so i'm like
0: this child we knew early on that he just wanted to eat he just like, want
1: to eat that's it my man ready to grub yes, he, he is ready it's to crazy. grub
0: i've never seen a child like this like he weaned really early like three four months he yeah just, he was, was eating
1: like, table food yeah
0: he started eating table food like yeah. six months he was just he wanted he loved to eat he loved his food yeah And he is a big boy.
1: He is. He is a big boy.
0: (laughs) I feel like we're going to have a very big grocery bill with him.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, got to feed the kids.
0: That's right. So that's one. And then the second is that we get to record this episode because we are on a day date.
1: Yeah, we are. (laughs) And we're recording the episode on a day date.
0: (laughs) I know. But otherwise, we'd be recording at like 11 p.m. tonight, which... I prefer to record during the day. Not all the time. Yeah, not all the time. Yeah. But sometimes, lately. Uh, So we get to record during the day, but we also get to go to lunch together. We don't have the kids. We get to, um, we're going to catch a movie, which we haven't done in like four years. So I'm excited for today. She's
1: very excited. I'm excited for today, but um, the agenda would have been different for me. But you know what? What would you have done? Uh, The movie thing, I'm... I mean, I feel like we're going to see a movie, but we're not really up to date or really big in the movie scene.
0: That's true. We haven't seen one in four years. Right.
1: So everything that we see normally comes through like Netflix. That is true. Or we see it like a year later. But now we're going to see a movie like As it's released, I feel like it's going to throw off our whole regimen of how we've watched movies for the past four years now. That's
0: true. So Very true.
1: um, But you know what? I'm glad that you wanted to do this and that we set aside some time to do this. And that's what you wanted to do. I'm game. Because what I wanted to do, I could do any time, which is stuff around the house. Yeah. Because I never get time to do that anymore. Because on the weekends... Like, you do your thing and then I'm with the kids or vice versa. Yeah. But it's never really time to actually put towards doing things. When I say stuff around the house, I don't mean, like, cleaning. Like, I'm a man. Like, I want to get out there and, (laughs) like, do some stuff in the yard or move some stuff or build something or do something. Because for me, that's kind of, like, what does it for me. And I just haven't had a chance to do that in a very long time.
0: That's true.
1: So Yeah,
0: maybe the well, we do have some stuff this weekend, but maybe part of this weekend. Girl
1: please. Our weekend I already booked. Oh, <laughs> you talking about some stuff. I looked at our shared calendar and uh <laughs> our weekend is booked.
0: You might have a little time Saturday morning. Please.
1: I a little oh, time. Oh no, to wait. The, we gotta see, go shopping. I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Never mind. Sorry, dear. No,
1: it's all good though. Um so we'll get to go on our date and do our little movie and stuff and kinda of be up to date with one movie and then one. <laughs> it didn't go from there but i am excited i don't want the people to feel like i'm not excited it's just very 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 rare or seldom that we have time yep to do anything anything
0: yep i okay. agree
1: so in my mind i was like oh man like there's some stuff i want to go out there and mess around with the hot tub and move some furniture around and do some stuff but i definitely am going to enjoy this time and the movies and Whatever else you have on the schedule for today, it'll be fun to spend time together. Definitely.
0: Um. So, what life updates do you have?
1: Um. Well, obviously the one about uh little dude turning eleven months. That's that's really big. He is so active <laughs>
0: he's so busy
1: so busy
0: i'm staring at a toy box that he dumped over this morning yeah and he's he so playing in the toys active before school. and so <laughs> busy but i love
1: it because that's what kids kids are supposed to do yeah um so i think anna is like starting to phase out of that like little brother thing because now he invades all of her toys all of her space everything and she's like but that's mine, Yeah. you know, because we've kind of identified different toys for her and for him because they need that separation. Um, but also encouraging and, and, and instilling in her the importance of sharing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, when she goes in her room and sets up her figurines on her dollhouse and stuff and he makes his way in there and knocks them all down. She's like, get out of my room already. I'm just like, oh, man. And just a couple of months ago, before he started moving, she was all hugged up. Yeah. Baby this, baby that, kisses and hugs. And now she's like, get out. Put that down. <laughs> Give me that back. Stop. Don't knock that over. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It starts with him at 11 months. Uh... <laughs> But I know it's all good. I um, mean,
0: we kind of say it to him, too. Like, don't chew that cord. Yeah, don't chew Get that. Get out of that box. <laughs> yeah. Stop eating the dog food. <laughs>
1: yeah, that boy is, is something else. He's
0: everywhere, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, another update. I don't know if people follow me on social media. Um, I put up a post about the weight that I've lost. Mm. My clothes are so baggy on me now. And I really don't like to wear baggy clothes. I'm not into that anymore. Maybe like in the... 90s you could have caught me in some baggy jeans and a baggy (laughs) shirt but um yeah my clothes are so baggy Uh, for those who don't know we kind of made a lifestyle change and in that um, with some of the normal routines that I had going on of working out and exercising and then we changed our eating habits and stuff I lost a lot of weight like 30 pounds like 30 plus pounds of weight mm-hmm. so now all of my clothes are like baggy and like falling off of me so now I feel like weird when I'm wearing my clothes that I have in my wardrobe and and, and going to work and stuff and <laughs> my pants won't stay up on my waist and I'm ha- I have the six uh hole in the belt loop plugged in I'm just like oh my god.
0: We might need to get you some more pants. But at the
1: same time, I don't want to go spend all the money on a whole new wardrobe because the type of clothes that I buy, like, it's already hard for me to find clothes that fit me yeah. based on my body build. So it costs a little bit more for me to get clothes that fit me. And now I have to go out and spend that much more money. So I'm going to try to find a seamstress local here. Oh, that's a good idea. And see if they can and tidy up on some of my pants and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. Because
1: my pants that I get, I mean, not to like throw numbers out there or or make anybody feel indifferent about how much they spend on their clothes, but my pants are like 80 and 90 bucks a pair. And for me to go out and have to buy more of those pants, because those would fit me. Those are what feel good. Those have been what has lasted the time. I'm like, man, I can't even go get like six or seven new pair of of pants because I'm going to spend almost half 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 thousand dollars like six hundred <laughs> bucks i'm like no Oh god. so i'm gonna try to find a local seamstress that's um, a good idea yeah so that's my life update I would say, like i'm you struggling look good yeah
0: you look really good i know some of the weight you probably needed to lose i feel like looking at you like you're probably your happy body weight
1: yeah now. definitely definitely um so now i'm still working you know on them the abs <laughs> yeah. I'm serious about them abs. You go back a couple episodes and you'll find out how serious I am. Yeah. All 2020, serious. y'all gonna be surprised. So I'm, uh, I'm still trying to get them abs there. Yes. But I lost a lot of the 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 excess like fat and weight. So.
0: And if you have if this is your first episode, we are we switched from a pretty standard American diet to the Whole Foods plant based diet. Yeah. Um, we're really just eating a lot of plants. Yeah. Um, which is. But many doctors have said, cardiologists, gastroenterologists, um, a lot of doctors have said that that is the optimal diet for health. Right, and right. I think we're finding that out in a variety Definitely. of things. I really wish... We didn't do this, and now after listening to so many doctors, I wish we would have done blood panels before. And oh, now. to have
1: been, been able to compare the difference? Yeah. yeah.
0: Cholesterol and um, blood well, sugar and blood pressure, and we just didn't do that. Well,
1: when I go in for my um, my annual checkup...
0: Oh, yeah. You'll have your comparison. Yeah, sure.
1: I'll be able to yeah. pull that, because my doctor, every year, they do that. and um, Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: Tell me the difference, and he's like, Oh, you gained some weight. Oh, your blood sugar is going up. Oh, you've done this. So, I think when they run those tests, I they'll be, wait to see what yeah, happens. he'll be able to tell me yeah. what everything is. So, yeah, we'll find that out in the, like the next two months. I think,
0: yeah, cool, that'll be good. We'll have to update people on that. All right, well, let's jump into our episode topic. Um, the basically, this. The School of Leadership series that we're getting into is really just, this is what we're passionate about. This is what our company is based off of, is right. leadership. Right, right. Um, it's the class that we teach. It's what we do in our everyday lives. Right. Um, is, is all leadership. And so we really wanted to dive into this on a couple of different levels. This will probably not be the only leadership episodes that we do. Right. Um, but we were excited to talk about leading down, leading across, and leading up because It's so important, no matter what organization you're in, to have all of those skills. Yeah. So, um, and this series is really, we um, took resources from John Maxwell, who we use often for class and we use just in the principles that we apply within our company, um, the Lovett Co., and so John Maxwell wrote The 360 Degree Leader, where he really dives into leading down, leading across, and leading up. And so we're going to use a lot of the principles that he talks about and just apply them to our own lives and talk about examples from our own lives right. um, where those principles match up. Um, so, again, just make sure that you go back and to listen to our previous episode of what type of leader are you so you can have that framework and establish that for yourself. And that way you can kind of put yourself into this. How do you lead down, which is what we're talking about today, right. is leading down. So leading the people underneath you.
1: Right. I hate that language, like down and underneath. So <laughs> but I like the concept and the principles. Yeah. Um, And it's definitely like kind of like a positional thing. Definitely. Um, Definitely positional thing if you want to think of it that way. Um, so I just want to make sure I I clarify that and put that out there because
0: um, leading down, I think too, is the one that is much more positionally based than leading across or leading up. Right. And you can kind of see that in his book is that, you know, he does talk about and positional leadership is super important. It is. Um, and it's important to recognize that it's important because you may get somebody in positional leadership that really maybe is not qualified to be Mm -hmm. that leader, True. but they're still going to be the leader of the organization. And so that's where leading across and leading up is really gonna come into play. Right. But if you're the leader and you're leading down in your positional leadership, then I think these principles are gonna be super important for you to cling to.
1: I absolutely agree a hundred percent.
0: So the first principle um, that Maxwell talks about in Leading Down is to, I love how he terms this, walk slowly through the halls. This makes me think of like (laughs) high school a little bit or like going through the office and just like walking slowly through the halls. But what Maxwell means by this principle is that you need to spend time with the people in your organization. So you need to walk slowly through your halls so you can pop into offices and actually start to build those relationships. Right. If you're just the figurehead leader in the organization and people know you, but they don't know you know you. Right. Or they're afraid of you because you're in this positional Mm -hmm. leadership role, but you never take the time to form a relationship or care about the people that work for you. Right. It's going to be difficult to lead those people. So that's really what he talks about.
1: Absolutely. I think that um, just to kind of chime in that – With that, you also have to be aware of the perception um, that is associated with you when you're walking slowly through the halls, Um, and 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 having experienced this before, um, and it could even have related to me in some of my leadership instances. But um, when you're walking through, your intentions are to make sure that you're connecting with the people that you're working with as opposed to checking in or for for better terms real talk being in the business trying to figure out what's Uh, going on you know what I mean um (laughs) people don't like that and they can pick up on that pretty easily so obviously it's great to walk the halls as as he put it and, and to make sure that you're connecting with the people but also understanding what the Perception is of you walking through the halls and making sure that your intentions are to get to know the people and to connect with the people that you're working with and not so much of being in the business or just trying to figure out what's going on or seeing what's going on. So,
0: And people have to understand that, too. Like, they have to feel a very genuine vibe from you. Right. Not like... I'm trying to do this because I feel like I have to, because right. April and Daryl told me I have to, to be a good leader. Maxwell says I have to, to be a good leader. Right. You have to actually be genuine in the fact that you want to build relationships with people.
1: Yeah, that matters because people can pick that up instant, mm-hmm. um, in an instant. Um, but, you know, most of the times they may or may not you know, say it back to you. So make sure that you're aware of that and make sure that your intentions are in the right place. So
0: what's the number one thing that you do as a leader? So I want to preface this too by saying letting you guys kind of know our positions, um, especially in how we are managing people right Right, now. Right. So Daryl has managed people and supervised people for over a decade now. Yeah. Um continuously. And He is very good at it. He has his own style, Um, and you'll kind of learn that, I think, throughout this episode, like what his style is and how he approaches these different principles. Right. Um, I have about a decade, maybe a little under a decade, of directly leading and supervising people. But for the past three years, I've been in much more of an administrative role where it is – like, for instance, right now, I'm a data analyst. I don't necessarily oversee other people, but I have to apply principles of leading down, leading across and leading up in various ways, even though I don't over, like directly oversee people. Right. Or they don't report to me directly. So um, that's kind of where we're at and probably the approaches that we're taking yeah. in these scenarios. Definitely. Yeah. Um, So my question for you is, what is your number one? Like, how do you typically go about building relationships with people that you supervise and people on your team in a way that's genuine?
1: Right. Um, So one of the things that I initially start off with is making sure that I create that culture of um, openness to where people feel comfortable um, to come to me with things um, also knowing that if I come to you with something, it's going to be the truth. Um, and obviously through time, you'll understand and figure out what certain people need and how they need to be communicated with. Um, but making sure that like that openness is there. Um, for me, a lot of times people quote unquote, have a hard time reading me. Yeah. Um, and, and. and that's true and they've told me that before and I hear it all the time like we just can't figure out we just can't read you stop trying you
0: don't wear your emotions on your face yeah like a lot of people
1: you know what here's the funny part about that is when I need to I do Mm. that's true (laughs) if I'm frustrated I mean I can make it known and it'll be clear but um also, I think that goes along with something that we'll talk about later is like my emotional intelligence is so freaking high. Mm-hmm. It is. And and I feel comfortable saying that and I feel confident saying that. It is so high. So when you say like I don't wear my emotions, like I'm always emotionally invested in the situation that I'm in right? to where it's naturally – being exhibited or in my response so that people don't see it or they may not recognize it, but you best to believe that I am aware and I'm going to do whatever is necessary to make sure that that situation, that circumstance or in that moment, things are in order and they are going to help everyone be as effective as they can be and to help everyone in that situation be as successful as possible. Mm. So when people try to read me or try to figure me out, I'm like, don't worry about trying to read me and figure me out. <laughs> like, know that no matter what situation, what circumstance we're in, I'm doing everything that I can. And you may not know it, but I'm doing everything that I can to put us in a position to be successful and to be efficient and effective. Yeah. Yeah. So Because
0: you run behind the scenes. I, like your, What did we say your strength was? I'm trying to remember your you're basically like putting everything together.
1: Yeah. Um, so th- that's kind of how it works. But to answer your question though, like just making sure that like that openness is there, like people feel welcoming and inviting to come talk to me, but also knowing that when I talk to them, it's not anything like that's derogatory. I'm not attacking them. I'm pretty straightforward. Um, obviously, over time, understanding and knowing how to communicate those things. Right. Um, so that's the very first thing, because if you don't present that, people are going to shut you down and you've eliminated the opportunity for anything else following that. Right. Um, so that's the very first thing to, to answer your question that I, that I do.
0: OK, so for me, building relationships is the most important thing that I do in my work Space and work life. Um, And that's because my strengths, when you look at my strengths, I am a relationship builder. Yeah. Um, That's true. That is true. And so for me, I have to figure out the best way to do that with people. But, and it's different for different people. Right. But what I found is that just, Figure like finding out more about people's lives, yeah, like non-work lives. I mean, definitely work lives, and like, what goals do you have and stuff. But also non-work lives. Like, I want to know more about you, and not just, not just for job purposes, right? But just right. so we can build that relationship. Yeah. So, like, if somebody, I love one of my current um, supervisors right now. I love it because she's very, very busy. Um, and she, I mean, rightfully so, she's, she's in a position of a lot of power in the organization we work in. Um, but I love it because she will meet when she needs to, but anytime we have a one-on-one schedule, she's like do we need to have this or can we just go to lunch? And I'm like, uh, either sometimes I'll be like, no, we probably need to have this meeting because we need to talk about this and this. Sometimes I'm like, no, let's just go to lunch. Like I have nothing on my agenda. And I love that because... The position she's in, she doesn't have to do that, but she clearly wants to build the relationship and that's important to her. It's the same for me. Like I would rather go to lunch or go get coffee with somebody, even if we're talking about work, than sit in an office and look at each other unless we have to get stuff done. And I know it's going to take, you know, being in the office to do that. But for me, that's how I like to build relationships is to find out more about people outside of their comfort zone at work.
1: Yeah. So it's funny that you said that and everything that you said is so true and you and I are both so different. Yeah. Because you do that initially and and I don't know what it is and it could be the tone. It could be because I'm a big black guy and yeah. my presence is real big. Like I don't know what it is but you make it easier or it's just your presence or your vibe for people to want to do that initially from the get-go true. like I don't feel like you ever go into a situation and people are like dang I need to like try to read her try to figure her out that's true like I've seen you walk into spaces and rooms and people just navigate towards you and then it's just like all-out friend fest and <laughs> I could true. still <laughs> be right there and people can kind of be across the room and like I can see the eyes squint and the head <laughs> kind of go up and they're like who is this guy like what's going on you know so uh, so definitely depending 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 on, you know, who you are, your personality and what your um, gifts, your skill sets and your leadership style is, you can make those adjustments to how you um, connect with people. And for you, you can do that out the gate. And like for me, I have to make sure that people are aware and know that that openness is there between us.
0: You have an extra step to ensure that people don't find you threatening.
1: Right. Because... I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but that's kind of the initial thing.
0: I mean, I think part of it is the fact that you are a, you, your presence is dominating. My presence Your physical is. presence is dominating. Yes. Um, but, and I wouldn't say, I don't know, that to me, that's the number one thing. Right. Because when you speak, you don't speak just off the cuff.
1: No. Like mm-hmm. I will, I'll
0: come in and I'll like talk about whatever with anybody, and everybody
1: laughs and they yeah. giggle with you. And right. like I said, I don't know if it's my tone.
0: No, but you're very, you take a very strategic process, and very yeah, process, very strategic, strategic approach process. to what you're yeah, going to talk about. Definitely, and you think about it. Yeah, and it takes a while, and that's just like that's we are very very different in that way, but we complement each other in definitely.
1: That way. But you know, and and I don't want to say this to be like negative towards you. I feel like you can say something and people may take it and they may laugh or agree or or join it but i feel like if i say something everyone stops everyone and they pays listen
0: attention so yeah. that's why
1: i have to be that way yeah. because when i speak people listen yes they do and 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 i'm aware of that like i said my emotional intelligence is so high and yeah. i can see the whole room just kind of like okay Everybody this dude stops. like this dude is talking yeah. he's saying something like i don't know what he's saying but i want to yeah. hear and see if it's worthwhile me listening to. When
0: we used to work together, it would be so fun to figure that out in staff meetings. Oh,
1: my god! Because our dynamics were very
0: different. <laughs> so I would speak up and, I mean, I think that people would listen. Yeah. Usually I could engage them if I said something like, yes. kind of funny. But the minute you spoke, it doesn't matter. You could have said something crazy, ridiculous. Like, has nothing to do. Clouds
1: are blue today, everyone. And this is why they're blue.
0: But everybody (laughs) everybody stops (laughs) to listen and pay attention, and they're like, Oh, and it just makes sense. Like it's, that's the type of leader that yeah, you are. Definitely. Yeah, that's it's so funny. We're very very different. Yeah. So we we try to use those, and especially in our business, we try to use those two different things to yeah. They work very yeah. in
1: our business. They work very well because um, you bring the light side to it, and everybody's like giggling and having a good time. And then like I come in, and then everyone like is inspired and they're ready to yep. go and make moves and yep. do something. Yep. So, um, yeah, not definitely like we complement each other Yeah, a lot.
0: Very well. Yep. So Maxwell's second principle is to see everyone as a 10. If you do this, you get more out of the people that you lead because you think more of them. If you respect and value the people you lead, people will respect you and want to follow you. So encourage and recognize your team and see them all as a 10. Mm. What do you think about this?
1: Uh, I struggle with this one. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I'm not perfect. Um, I definitely struggle with this one because there are just some people that are out there that just ain't tens. I'm I'm just telling you like it is. So so for me, it's says see everyone as a ten, and and I I do my best to make sure that I encourage and recognize the team and remind them of their abilities. And if I don't think they're a ten, try to help them um, become a ten. Become a ten. Mm-hmm. But when it says see everyone as a 10, like sometimes I'm just like, dude, you like a four right now, <laughs> like straight up, you a four and oh, you need some help. Yeah. But, you know, you got to make sure you encourage them and, and respect the values that they have and um, try to help them like rise up. And meet those expectations. But that's this one right here is tough for me to see everyone as a ten. Because yeah. everybody ain't a ten. I might not even be a ten. Right. You know what I mean? To some people. Right. And I don't want you sitting here pretending being like, oh my gosh, like, oh yeah, you a ten. <laughs> you know? And then going back and telling face. and then going back and telling everybody else, man, y'all know Daryl. like, golly, if I could just get him to step it up a little bit. Right now he like had a three. Like Ooh, it's tough. If if, if you don't get what I'm saying, this one I struggle with.
0: Yeah. So that's – I really struggled with this one too. And I still – I continue to struggle with it. I think for the same reason that – I get what he's saying is that you see everybody's potential even if they're not at their highest potential. Mm -hmm. But it can be hard to do. It's harder to do also when you have a larger team that reports to you.
1: Definitely. For
0: you – in your position now, you have an extremely large team yeah. that reports to you. Mm-hmm. So you, I want to say you're over 300 now. Yeah. Okay. So that is very difficult. Like, and and obviously you're going to know the people that are closer to you positionally. Like, you have assistant directors and and coordinators and stuff reporting to you. So right. maybe some of the like student staff um, that report to you, you're not going to know as well. Some you may because they're going to step up and they're going to shine. Right. And so then if you have a really large team like that, how how would you go about viewing everybody as As a a 10? 10. Mm -hmm.
1: I guess I guess. And and this is just Daryl talking to everybody. This isn't um, Maxwell. Um, I, I guess like you can say, I see a 10 in there somewhere. But we had a four right now, so let's get to that ten. Yeah, I guess that could be an approach to take. I don't know. I think that's, that's just, yeah. This is Daryl. It's like. a
0: hard. It's hard because yeah. I don't do it well either. But I think it kind of leads actually really brilliantly into the next principle he okay. has, which what is, is that? develop it each team member as a person. Ah,
1: uh, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And so I
0: think that kind of plays off of that. And what he says about this principle is that getting the job done makes you a leader. But developing people while helping them get the job done at the highest level makes you an exceptional leader. When you develop others, they become better, they do the job better, and both you as a leader and the organization benefit from that. Right. And so I think this ties nicely into this seeing everyone as a 10 because if that's hard to do, then it's your responsibility as a leader to do whatever you can in your power to develop them each and to develop them as an individual, right. which can also be difficult to do.
1: Yeah, I think that um, this right here, I mean, I think they're all important. And I don't know if the way that he um, wrote them according to the book is prioritized by numbers. But I think this one is is probably one of the most or more important ones out of the ones that he gave Um, because one thing that that can change or that can be adjusted or that can be learned or developed is leadership right so you can do that over time but a person like you're talking about characteristics you're talking about traits you're talking about um, styles and different things associated with that person right that is going to be a little bit more challenging and daunting. I'm going to use that word to to try to change. Right. Um you know like me and you we say like teaching an old dog new tricks. Like we use that phrase sometimes. Right. But when you're talking about developing that person like it takes so much when you're working with the person and you take the leadership component out, because I feel like the leadership components, you can give them things to read and give them opportunities to develop. You can give them resources to develop. You can send them the conferences. You can send them the workshops. You can do training seminars and develop that leadership piece. But developing a person and helping them understand and um, receive and accept what you're trying to offer to them as a person. Right. Like it's tough.
0: Well, and can we just talk about too, this was, so in my previous role, when we did work closely together in the same department, um, I was in charge of, uh, the professional development right, of the staff and, mm-hmm. you know, and student development and stuff. So basically like developing the person. Right. Um, and one of the things that we talked about frequently, which was myself in the committee was, how do we best do this when somebody may be not open to feedback or to constructive criticism? Right. And so how do you, like, how do we train people to be better open to that feedback to get better?
1: Right. Um, My approach um, is, one, making sure that you know going back to the to the first principle is making sure that you connect with that person and they understand and like i said the first thing that i do is create that like that kind of openness making sure that they understand that one if it is positional that you do have a responsibility and obligation in your position so making sure that that's clear making sure that that's understood if it's not positional making sure that they understand that your interest or your best interest is what they have in mind mm-hmm. and that's what they want and there are going to be times that there are going to be things that they may not agree with you may not agree with but making sure they understand that hey this isn't a personal attack on you like i want you to be successful just as bad as i want to be successful so i'm going to do everything that i would do for me for you right. and if that's telling you this or at least giving you insight on this all I ask is that you be open Uh, and you just accept it and you listen to what I'm sharing and whatever time it takes for you to process that I'm on board with, just communicate with me throughout that time frame, so that I can know where we stand and I can know that when we're in a place to move forward.
0: Ooh. Okay.
1: Um, Because a lot of times people tell you things and, and they expect you to process in their time, line and expect you to be ready to move forward according to their timeline and there are going to be sometimes we're going to have to expedite that and say hey I need to know this or you need to get on board or you need to think about this at a quicker pace because our deadline is Friday or our deadline is next week right um but but when you're talking about developing the person I don't think there's really a a deadline or a time frame on that because it's based on that individual person um so making sure that you know, you take that approach. I think it's very, it's very important. And that's how I do it. And it has worked for me. And I would probably say 90 plus percent of, of those instances that I've had to do that. Now, there have been some times where the person just straight up was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so then what do you do? And, and I've had that. And, and that's when you have to make sure that you're communicating with them and you're letting them know hey i understand your your position and and obviously i'm not challenging that but i'm telling you straightforward that these are some of the things that we're looking at doing in the direction that we're looking at going and obviously your stance is not aligning with that so there are going to be some tough decisions that have to be made but i'm just letting you know that we are moving forward with this and it may be without you
0: Mm. You ever fired somebody that couldn't get on yeah, board? Yeah, and... I have. Mm.
1: I'm not gonna even front. Yes, I have. But usually those things, like it happens over time, um, and, and you kind of get to fill it out. But when I looked back at the times that I've had to to let people go because of that, it usually stems from like lack of information, right? Um, and it really didn't have anything to do with them just 100% not being on board, but sometimes, um, the information doesn't come as quickly as they want it to. And that's what they have a hard time with. And that's why I've had to fire some people. And then Mm -hmm. I've had people even quit on me. Yeah. Because the information wasn't coming as fast as they would have liked it to.
0: There's also a very big difference, too, in like a small organization versus where we work, which is an incredibly large organization. Right. right. There's a lot more bureaucracy yeah. in a very large organization where even positional leaders don't always have, they can't get all the information in the most timely manner. Right. In order for other employees below them to feel like they have all the information they need. And that can be a tricky balance when you're a leader in that type of Definitely. organization. Definitely.
1: And just to to let people know, like April, she kind of gave me the like a shout out at the beginning. But I've had an opportunity to be in leadership roles positionally and just a leader um, in many different capacities. And when you ask me, have I had a chance or not had a chance? I guess that's not what I want to say. But if I fired anybody, I've worked in different sectors. I've worked in private where you don't have to go through a bunch of hoops to fire somebody. I was gone. you gone. I worked in not for profit sectors, I've worked in municipal sectors um, and now, you know, in uh, my daytime job in, in a university higher education setting. So, um, like you said, the information pieces is, is very big and, and also to go along with what we're talking about when you're talking about developing people. Like the people that I supervise now is and that I oversee and that I lead now. The range is so big because you're talking about, like you said, I have student employees that also work up underneath my leadership. So you're talking about someone that's 18, 19 years old. Then I also have very seasoned and experienced professionals. And you're talking about could be at the upper range of. Uh, Fifty-five, sixty. right so that is also another challenging piece because you have i like to call them old schools who are just old school like a hard knock this is how it was yeah. done this is how i set it up or how i remember it being done and this is the way that it's going to be and just will not change for you know for anything and then you have newer people who come in and and just from a different, you know, era and they have ideas and just like trying to balance those. I believe
0: that that needs to be an entirely other podcast episode where we talk about how to manage different generations. Yeah.
1: From 18 years of age up to 60 because that I'm I'm trying to think without like putting anybody out there, like the range of how I know Mm -hmm. I have college students, but I know I have employees that are, like close years, to yeah. retirement. Yeah. yeah. Close to retirement. Right. So um that is whew, Like you said, that's a that's an episode in itself.
0: Yeah. I mean, we always know and we have those people in our organizations who are going to be maybe some of those that have been there for a while and they're going to say, Well, this is the way that we've always done it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's It can drive me crazy, but at the same time, there is an organizational, historical viewpoint that I don't think that leaders should dismiss from those people so I think that there's a balance in right
1: oh yeah I think it's very important to yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I get exactly what you're as saying as a
0: leader to go in and to say okay definitely these are the new initiatives but I value your perspective yeah and your historical context of the organization from being here for so long right and I think that you can't dismiss that so I think that's smart I've watched you do it I know that yeah. you do it that way Um, and mm. I've tried I've always tried to do it even though I really hate the term like that's the way we've always done it. it just drives me crazy
1: yeah so here's here's I guess the thing and my leadership style kind of worked very well with working through this is that like I said the age range from 18 year olds all the way up to 62 ish the 17 or 18 and 19 year olds like they're ready to go they ain't got time to be hearing the leaders say I value like they're ready to go they're ready to go so making sure that I don't um limit them or prohibit them from feeling like they are invested and we're moving forward but at the same time working with the other end of the spectrum to let them know that we value what they say and we're not trying to run them out and push them out yeah. Um, that's the big, biggest challenge. Um, and, and it's fun for me. And I use the term fun because I get like for me, it's challenging. Obviously, I'm I'm a challenge oriented type person. So I accept challenges. And for me to like just kind of check myself and be like, all right, let's go. And and to do some different things and try some different things. Yeah. And, and then throughout the process, like. It helps me grow because I make sure that I'm not stagnant in, you know, my leadership concepts, philosophies, and how things are changing in that world and realm and making sure that I'm up to date on some of the new and up to date leadership philosophies and principles that are out there. Because I know most of these leadership people before we transition to the the next one, like they got... um, what the call and i don't don't know if it's a money scheme or whatever because some people have their opinions about that they have volume like leadership xyz volume one and then next thing you know leadership xyz volume two and leadership xyz volume three and next thing you know it's like five editions or six editions of the exact same movie with some things changing based on you know um things time. that change over time generations generations yeah. how you lead
0: people has to change definitely Ooh, that could be an entire just i'm i really want to talk about that one in a whole new up all
1: right cool thing. what's the next one yeah but but it is important to make sure that you're developing other people yes um and especially as individuals team members, as a yeah. person as individuals that is very important and
0: that means you got to make the time for it too.
1: yes you mm-hmm. do So, yeah, yeah, that is very important. I want to make sure that we kind of came back around. I know we talked about a whole lot just now. Agree. But it is very important to make sure that you're developing the person. And that's something that I really try to focus on in my meetings with people, you know, one on one or groups. I always make sure that I try to come back to. So you individually as a person and it doesn't have to relate specifically back to this job. What are you doing for you? Yeah. All right.
0: Right. So the last one that we have time for today is his fourth principle. Okay. Place people in their strength zones. So I feel like this relates a lot back to the last two. (laughs) Um, But what he says is successful people find their own strength zones. Successful leaders find the strength zones of the people they lead. Right. Finding the right person for the right job can be tough, but when you have the right person or the right people in the right places, you will see greater success in your business
1: yes you want to know what I have to say about that I laughed about that one yeah why, were, why was it funny it was it was funny because um and I was thinking back to a, a previous not my current even my current role um or my current leadership role but back to a previous um leadership opportunity where I had a chance to do this and and I laughed because I had this one person who just knew that the um, position or the zone or or the area that they were in was it for them, was the best for them. And I just knew as a leader and having um, communicated and worked with everybody that they would have served better in another role. Right. But they just, I mean, they swore – you know up and down like no this is the best place for me this is where I'm most effective I feel like this is where I have the most knowledge and where I'm the most productive and I want to stay here and I'm like you have no idea how bad you suck in this position (laughs) and you really would be good like over here And boy, trying to convince that is why I laughed because I was just kind of going through that and then the conversation that I had with them. But then what was so funny and when I really got tickled just now was after they finally agreed to give it a try, they realized that I was right. And oh, my it They came back and told me they was like, man, like, you're right. I wish I would have listened to you Uh, like earlier. Yeah. But I had been doing what I was doing for so long. And then this is what they told me. I didn't know that you were going to make some of the adjustments that you were planning to make, which therefore you know, help me excel in this new area. I was like, that's what I was telling you the whole time with where we were going in the direction. You would serve better over here, but you weren't listening because you were stuck on your current position. Uh, So that's why I was laughing because I I had to do that before.
0: That's interesting because I have had employees that they're terrible employees. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: But... When you move them to a position that you, you're you like, listen, based on your personality and based on the way yes. I've seen that you can work, yes. I'm going to move you over here to give it a try. And then all of a sudden, they're your best employees. They're your
1: best employees. They're your best yep. employees. They uh-huh. just
0: needed that change of pace or scenery or whatever it was. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, your worst to become your best.
1: Yeah. I, and I think that's amazing. Definitely. I think
0: that takes a strong leader yeah. to recognize that because a lot of leaders would be like, this person is ineffective at their current job. Well, if you're not digging further to find the reason and yeah. then to figure out where they're going to fit within the company, mm-hmm. that's actually a lot of time and money that you lose when you have to let a person go,
1: Right. You
0: have to hire somebody else, you have to retrain that person. Sometimes it's the best thing that needs to happen. Yes. A lot of times you're wasting current resources that would have just, they would have excelled in a different capacity. Right. Right. And so I think it takes a really strong leader who can look at that and not be stubborn and say, you know what, you're going to fit a lot better here.
1: Yeah. And I think that when you're talking about placing people in their strength zones, um, it's very important. And I had to learn this along the way because I definitely, you know, as a young leader kind of going through this, made some, some poor choices about just taking a person and trying to put them in their strength zone without talking with them through the process of how i came to that to help them better understand why i thought that they would serve better in a different zone Mm. um because like i said in my younger leadership days i would just go and be like dang this person i bet they can blow it out the water over here and i would just go and say hey we're looking at doing this and we're thinking about taking you and relocating you to this zone as opposed to going and saying hey how do you think you're doing right now in the zone that you're in
0: right
1: now what would you think about the possibility of being in this zone and we're kind of looking at the possibilities of restructuring reorganizing and based on the results that you've had here because of xyz i think that if you apply those over here you can double your results and 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 not taking that approach, I think, hurt me in my younger leadership days because I'm like, I'm the leader. I got to make a decision. I got to move people, put them in positions to be successful here, move over here, as opposed to having that conversation, having that discussion with the person. Right. By asking them, how do they think they're performing? You know, why do you feel like you're performing this way? Do you feel like you're um, maximizing? Um, your opportunities, or you feel like you're maximizing your results, or you feel like you're as successful as you can be based on you as a person, not based on this position or zone that you're in. And then say, this is what I'm thinking. This is why I'm thinking this. And I would love to to take the opportunity for you to go over here and do this and try this out and see if we can triple double um, your success rates.
0: I think it's really important to do that too, to include that person in yeah. the conversation so that they can reflect and have that oneness on right. them mm-hmm. as well. So it's not just like, my boss is telling me I have to move over, and then it takes them a while to discover that right. like, this is a better zone or position for them. Mm-hmm than the other one. But if you really include them up front in those conversations and help them reflect on why. Right. I think that gives you an advantage as the leader and that then you have their you have the ownness of them like you have the buy in from them. Absolutely. Why you're making that decision and why they would be better suited somewhere else.
1: That is so true. Yeah. So I, I, I had to share that, though, because, you know, I've done it both ways. And I have been more successful with doing it the second way that I explained as opposed to the first way of like you said, just moving them and then they're they're having to figure out later. Yeah. That's time, resources lost right there. Agree. Yeah. So
0: Go ahead. Um, I love this conversation. Well, obviously, we love conversations about leadership in general. Yeah. Um, but I'm loving, loving this conversation. We didn't want to make a super long episode, especially with these, because we feel that they're so important for right. your people to listen to. We want to make sure that you have the time to listen to them. Yes. So we don't want to put an hour and a half episode out right now. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do is just stop at the fourth principle. We are going to come back and talk about um, principles five, six, six and seven next week um, about leading down. And then we'll continue the series of leading across and leading up as well, because those are super important. And a lot of times they're harder to do than leading down.
1: Right. Um, Definitely. <laughs> so we're going to
0: talk about those principles and, and, And how to best do those things. Um, But just for today, just just as a reminder, what we talked about was um, if you want to lead down effectively, then you have to first build relationships with your team, build personal and work relationships with your team. Just make sure that they know that you care about them as people and not just for the work that they provide to the organization. The second is that you want to see everybody at their maximal potential. Even if they're not there, you have to figure out ways to develop that person to be to come into their maximal potential. Um, which leads into the next one, which is to develop each team member as an individual. And this can be really hard to do when you have a lot of people who report to you. But just getting to know that person and building the relationship, like Daryl said, will help you to better understand how you can develop them individually and to be their best to be the best person they can be and then the fourth thing that we talked about was placing people in their strength zones and why that's important and how to do that and how to get buy-in from those people if they don't necessarily think that they need to be in certain positions even if you as a leader see their potential to be greater in certain positions than other positions um So that is a recap of what we talked about today. Yep. Uh, Let's definitely continue this conversation next week. I'm excited to do that. I love this series. I love this topic. I love Daryl's expertise, um, especially in these topics. And so we're going to come back to you next week and talk more.
1: That's right. Until next week, we are out. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey everybody! If you like today's episode, please subscribe to the Success in Black and White podcast. You'll get notified every time a new episode is posted, which is every Tuesday.
1: If you love this episode, help us spread the love. Rate and leave a review on our iTunes Podcast episode. Also, share that you listen on social media and tag us on your posts. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all social media platforms.
0: And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all social media platforms as well. Thanks for listening. Oh, my gosh. You sound like Keith Sweat.
1: Oh, my goodness. Really?
0: Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, did it record?
1: Yeah.